Sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it takes a life excuse me, it takes a lifetime to practice, learn, and grow as we strive to just do that. <clears throat> Not only in the physical family, but particularly more so even in the spiritual family along the way. You ever heard it said, or maybe we've said it from time to time, things were a lot different when we were children. Life was different, more simpler, and so on and so forth. And now it's changed since then. Uh, there seems to be less time that we have for building relationships than we've had before. The demands of work and school have incre increased tremendously. We hardly have time to get to know our neighbors when years ago we used to know who lived on the block and they knew who you were and who your parents were and, and they were always glad to share information about my parents' children and what they were doing. But do we live in the time that we don't have the time that we used to? Last time I checked there were still 24 hours in a day. That has not changed. Our society may have changed in the demands it placed upon us, but I imagine, excuse me, I imagine that we take time to look in years gone by, we will find that societies were a lot similar. A lot of demands out there of wanting to be like the world and having to remind ourselves we're not of the world. The examples that are given for us in the reading this morning towards children and then for parents and as we did with husbands and wives it's encouraging or we are reminded that parents you need to read the responsibilities of the parent towards the children and children, you need to read your responsibility towards your parents. Say, well, you're supposed to do this. Now, if you do this, then I can do that. Uh, we like to try to kind of justify what we do and why. But a lot that is said in relationship here in Ephesians 6, as well as back in Ephesians 5, is not so much for this world and its relationships as it is for our consideration of our relationship towards God. As mentioned in this morning in the auditorium class. Talked about parents, when do you want children to obey you? And the answer was immediately. We want them to do exactly what we said. And then ask the question, as a child of God, how do you obey the Heavenly Father? Is it done immediately? Is it done out of love? That's what we're asking from our children. It's the training ground, if you will, for what we have in the spiritual realm. 
Some of us were only children. Many of us wished we were the only children, but that was not the case. And there's a lot of lessons that are learned with siblings. And the love and the care that they ought to have towards one another. But often not always demonstrated. And that's true in the spiritual realm as well. In the spiritual realm, God is the Father. And we are the children. And there are obligations and responsibilities, relationships, attitudes, characteristics that children are to have. And how they are to relate to one another along the way. We have a responsibility as parents, brought up a little bit in the relationship of husbands and wives. Verse 25 of chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Wives, be submissive to your husbands as unto the Lord. See, those qualifiers change attitudes. The world only hears what it wants to hear. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. The husband is the head of the wife. And forget the qualifiers that God has placed in there. The children are to obey their parents. And sometimes we stop there. In the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do. It's not just because we're bigger than you are and we want to dominate you. Because this is the right thing to do. We're helping to train them so that when they become children of God, they will have an understanding of what this submission to the parent is and what is involved in that. That's a tremendous task that is laid upon us of setting the example because it's right in the physical world but also because it's right in the spiritual world. And as we do in the spiritual and the physical world, we have that tendency at times to want to do in the spiritual world. Children about the age of two have learned that good word, why? Why do I need to do that? Why? And many times as you answer that, they have the other why. Because I told you so. Why? Because it's good for you. Why? And on the list can go as to why should I do that? And sometimes we try that in the spiritual realm as well, do we not? Why do I need to do that? One is because God said so. 
Two, it's because God knows best. And God desires your fellowship with him. And there has to be that change of attitude, that change of life that is involved in our life. To do his will. To honor your father and your mother, it goes on. For this is the first commandment with promise. We have obligations wherever we are in age towards others that are in the family. And sometimes we really do not think about it. When we're young at times, we anticipate and look forward to the time when we get old enough and we can get out on our own. And we can be our own boss. We can do what we want to do. And then there's conflicts. We live in a society that is full of that, is it not? A society that wants to accept no responsibility at all for what they think, what they say, how they act, and what they do to others within society. For those who have a love for God, understand that that is not the case. We understand in the earthly family, or need to, and as well as in the spiritual family, that we are not the only entity there. And life does not revolve around us. There's another purpose that is out there. And ours is to teach children as they grow. Here's where you are now. And as you grow, you're going to change. And those of us that are older, of course, when you reach that good age, about 18 and 19 years of age, you, you knew everything. You had a good grasp on what was going on in life and what you wanted to do. And then as you get older and you look back, you look back now when you were 18 years of age, and what do you think? I didn't have a clue. <laughs> I thought I knew what was going on and what I wanted to do, but didn't have a clue. But unless we've learned along the way, and wherever we are in age, I promise you you've got others who will tell you, we hear every, hear every once in a round here, you know, how are you? I'm old. And I said, well, you need to talk to Hubert and Walterine then. Uh, they'll tell you what older is like. I didn't say old. I just said older is like. Uh, life constantly changes. Unless we've learned some principles along the way, as Paul has given instruction to the Ephesians, we're going to miss or not have what is available to us through Christ Jesus. Remember graduating from high school and running around with some friends and at the time we were talking and made the comment, he says, you know, one of these days we're going to look back and say, these were the good old days. And you're thinking, no, no, they're really not. They were kind of rough and so on and so forth. And you look back and says, never realized what that was like. 
the privilege of having a home to live in, having food on the table, having parents who cared what you did and where you went, and having siblings that you got to be, learn to get to be friends with. Well, those are characteristics that come on down through life. We learn that we're not on our own. And we learn that wherever we are age-wise, wherever we are spiritually wise, age-wise spiritually, it's always a learning experience. It's always a joy to relive, if you will, or to catch a glimpse of the world as seen through the eyes of a child. It's always an education to catch a glimpse of the world as seen through our eyes, whatever age we happen to be. But in all of that is that admonition Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Hard in learning how to discipline, without provoking our children. It's hard to remember that children, even though they communicate with us, and even though they hear words that we say, do not have the comprehension of all of those words and what they mean and what they entail. Hmm. Does that apply spiritually? Do we hear the words of God? And we have an understanding of what they mean to a degree, but do we understand the comprehension of what is involved? Love one another, for love is from God. And you think about, we were mentioning in class this morning, you think about the depths of God's love, of what he planned from eternity, of how he brought into existence humanity, gave them the free will for the choices that they would make, but still to bear with them. There was a time when the chastisement would come, yes. We talked about that. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. God does mean what he says. And we live in a society, again, that have not ever heard that. There are consequences for every action that we take. They may not be immediate. 
They may not be readily seen. Sometimes it may, may be years before they really surface, but there are consequences for every action that we take. And it's hard to have that comprehension as a child of God. We read about the depths of his love. God is love. Love is from God. What it means for him to instruct and not to provoke. We may have provoked him, but he's not provoking us to wrath. All of life is this learning process. It's why God takes some time here in writing to Paul through Paul to the Ephesians. Need to catch a glimpse of what is involved. Then you need to make the application wherever we are. And it's hard at times for us to always want the immediate response of obedience, the doing without questioning. In an effort, we will, to try to protect. Parents tend to want to protect their children. I don't want to see them hurt. Do not want to see them crushed. Do not want to see them destroyed. But sometimes that's where the lessons come from. Sometimes that's how we learned. We made the mistake. And then we learn from the consequence. That's not the best thing to, to do. Sometimes they come easy, sometimes they come hard. And we're being disciplined. And hear that statement that parents at times make towards their children. This hurts me more than it hurts you to have to correct you this way. You make the comment, well then there's no reason why both of us should be hurt. I made that mistake once. The learning lesson. It's a lesson of learning there are consequences, but in the consequences there needs to be that understanding that God has never left his love or taken his love from us. Sometimes that's hard. You hear the world say it all the times, and sometimes I hear Christians say it. Why did God do that? Why did God allow that? That's not fair. That's not right. Whatever else it may be. Rather than saying, what lessons can I learn? Can I not learn from those that are around us? And again, if I'm wanting my child to love the Lord, their God, with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their might, is that what they see in me? 
If I want a child to respect the father and the mother and respect the rules and regulations, the conditions that are set forth, do they see that in me as a child of God? Do they see that love towards, I want to please the Father in heaven. I want to trust him. Talking to an individual recently who doesn't understand what's going on in life right now and in the trials and the tribulations and made to come and he the person wants the facts. If I have all the facts before me, then I can draw conclusions and lay out, plot the course that I need to take. He says, you forgot the first fact. He said, what's that? God is in control. Do you trust God? Do you believe him when he says, like for example in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and just who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear but with the temptation will provide the way of escape. Do you believe that? Do you have that absolute trust in God? We're asking that sometimes from our children, are we not? Trust me. I'm the parent. Trust me. But I don't see how. We go down that road. I don't see how. I don't see why. Do we take that time as God is asking us to communicate with him. We sing the song, do we not? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Trust God. I know without a doubt that he will not allow me to be tempted above what I'm able to bear. I don't know about you, but that takes a load off my mind. Because I've got a vivid imagination. I can think of all kinds of ways that man can torment man. Read about him in history. Imagine him in my mind. But each time I do that, I forget that verse. God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear does not say God will not allow temptation to come. But he will not attempt you above what you're able to bear. At times we get reminded you are a lot stronger than you realize. You've got more confidence, you've got more faith in God than you realize. If you're taking God at his word, 
Ephesians 3, verse 20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Our God is able. Just that phrase alone. Our God is able. As a child, do I trust him in that? Do I trust him in the the world in which I live? That after the Garden of Eden and after the flood has been a wicked world. And God is able Read Job. You ever shed any tears in reading Job 1 and 2? Read Job 1 and 2. What Job went through. But don't forget the two phrases in there, chapter 1 and then chapter 2. I don't know about you, but there are powerful statements. God telling Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Righteous man, hates evil, does what is right. But how many times have we listened to Satan's statements back? The only reason Job follows you, God, is because you've got a hedge around him. Take that hedge away and he'll curse you. How many times have we listened to Satan? All that a man has, he'll give for his life. You let me touch his life. You let me touch his flesh. You let me touch his health. He'll curse you. Do we listen to that? Or do we listen to God? Have you considered my servant Job faithful, true, hates evil, does what is right? You ever thought about the confidence God has in you as his child? That you will do what's right? And that when you stumble, you have such a love for God that you will turn back, repent, confess, and be restored. We want that from God as you see it in us so that we can strive to instill that in our children. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Help them to have that deep-seated faith that will see them through this life and into eternity. The best way to do that is set the example. We're reminded of Jesus. He tempted in all areas as we yet without sin. He lived the example and he said, I've set an example for you to follow in his steps. Imitation will be imperfect. But imitation of the one you love without a doubt is a blessing 
when your children imitate you. We pray that it is the good qualities. But I know children learn their parents. They know their expressions. They know their limitations. Sometimes siblings are good to help one another and sometimes they're not. Know a sibling that will say, Dad's about reached it. Time for us to get out of here. To say, nah, let him find out for himself. Discipline will come. These relationships that God gives us through his word are to make life better here for us. And they are set to help us to develop qualities that would be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. How much do you love the Lord? How much? What are you doing? that would bring joy to the Heavenly Father. It's indicated in the song, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. And each victory will help you, another to win. There's a demonstration there. Yield not to temptation. God has provided the way of escape. How much do you love the Lord? And how much are you leaning on him to guide you, to see you through this life and into eternity? If if your life is not where it should be, if it's not in harmony with the will of God, our prayer is that you'd make that decision this morning to change. It may be to become that child of God, It may be to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. Be willing to do as the prodigal son did. I'm coming home. Whatever whatever the father wants to do, I'm coming home. And they'll know that when you do, the father's there to greet you. If you have a need, if we can assist, if we can help you, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.